Hey, welcome back. Welcome, welcome to, to Behavior con ganas. Yes. You could probably hear us better. I know. That's what we're going to start out with. We yes. want to share the great news. We want to start Our out there. technician figured out how to connect both mics. Yes, so that we both sound like we're all up in your ears and not like <laughs> one is in trouble and in the corner. <laughs> we, we're not over here sharing mics anymore. Yeah, so the previous episodes were pretty much recorded on one mic. And, yeah. I mean, we each have our mic, right? We've had our mic, um, but we've only <laughs> been recording with one working. Only one person gets the real, like, the real sound, like, into the into the computer or whatever and the other person it's just the background noise that yeah. you hear usually i got the good mic right i don't yes. know somehow my i think my voice is just lower deeper and then yours is like more projectful mine is i make mine louder so that oh. you could hear it but i now, feel like my voice is pretty loud but now i well now it, it probably real. sounds better because we figured it out and we don't have to yell and now we both have our own mics <laughs> you know i'm so excited so just know you might have had to turn down your volume a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you're like hold up this sounds way better than before because <laughs> it does yeah we worked hard let me tell you guys youtube youtube oh for all. yes like, youtube has everything. everything you just at the end of the day you just need to have those good keywords you know my first time i used i googled or youtube or whatever uh a youtube video <laughs> to to figure out how to do something it was to uh how to unclog a toilet with the plunger i know it sounds hella stupid now that i say it but thinking back i was like how do you use this plunger what <laughs> yes so then i went on to youtube somehow i was alone i don't know and then somehow i was alone because <laughs> i'm never alone there's always people somehow around. and then uh, or maybe i was too embarrassed to ask i don't know either one and then i google uh youtube it and it was there and then that's when i realized i was like wow i can literally youtube anything like somebody took the time to upload a video how to unclog a toilet and yes. i benefited from that yeah i think yes all those people that are like i'm just gonna put this up so one person might watch it most of the time yes that one person that needs to watch it does watch it and that's all that matters that's why youtube is the greatest oh i have ever. so many youtube stories but anyways anyways gotta focus yeah i use youtube for so much too but you know what that um is a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is the jargon, the language. Yes, ABA language. It's, it's so intimidating. What the heck is it? Those terms um, are meant to confuse you, definitely, because <laughs> they don't make sense sometimes. Like, how is negative reinforcement a good thing? Right. Right. So, yeah, we're going to take some time, not necessarily go over their terms, but give you the tools that you need to, um, like, how to interact with somebody comes at you with those terms. Um, yes, and give you the realization that it's not just you, because I, th I think that as Hispanics, we sometimes feel like, oh, it's just me, so let me not uh -huh, say anything. No, I'll figure I don't, don't want to say own. anything. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound like, like I just said earlier about the YouTube video, like, I, I just want to sound, I didn't want to ask for help. But oh we, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. yes. So see, we do it all the time. We do it with everything, and it takes a lot to learn that it's okay to ask, and it's okay if you don't understand the first mm -hmm. time. You're not meant to, like, nope. And I think because I train, I kind of see see this a lot that it there's not one correct way to deliver information to somebody. Nope. Like everybody receives information in a different way. Everybody understands things in a different way the same thing but explained in a different way and that's totally fine yeah and it's about it's not about learning one way to say it i mean the purpose of communication especially when you're teaching like you said from a trainer's point of view is the what way do you need to say this so it gets across right so like the trainee or whoever it is the parent how do I need to say it for them to understand it? It doesn't matter how I learned it or how I've been, you know, practicing to say it or like, hey, I'm going to say it this way. No, your point is, uh, your purpose is to say it in a way that the other person understands it. Because if you don't, then what's the point? You're just talking, wasting air. 
Yes, because it's it's not about how smart you sound. Exactly. It's about how you how somebody receives that information. And a lot of times I do think that people who are in the field just focus on that, giving the information. Like, you can't say I didn't tell you because I did. And yes, you did, but no, you didn't at yeah, that same it time. It didn't make any mm-hmm. sense to me. Like, And then you make that person. And then I also feel like the way that it's delivered, like, so do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, oh! Yes, I understand that. I just right away from me. You don't feel you don't give somebody the opportunity to make it feel like it's okay to ask questions. It's just like yes or no. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because because what? Like even again, it's such a Hispanic thing. If like if someone's trying to help you and you say no to something, like then it's like you're not you're not um what's the word like you're not. You're not taking uh, advantage okay. of the help. And mm-hmm. it's like, you're going to lose the help. So if you say no, they're going to be like, oh, oh yeah, they're going to be like, okay, well, they understand. Oh, my goodness. Man. Oh, no. If you say like, I, I understood it as like, if you say no, like, I don't need help or yeah, I understand. Like, they're not going to go in and break it down for you. And their purpose, they're there to help you. you yeah. Know? And so, some people suck at that. Like, some people can literally only say it one way the Mm -hmm. way they know they understand and it affects them when they're communicating with other people like including like staff not just like families but including staff because you could be talking to someone and they could say something back to you and you could be like no blah 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 and it's literally the same exact thing you just said but again that just comes from you not being open-minded and like having that understanding and in this field you have to hello every single program that you run is like individualized Individualized, like no i mean not no kid because kids do have the same some kids may have like the same format as lessons but for the majority of the kiddos like you can have that same lesson you can have that same target and it's ran differently yeah and they're gonna acquire the skill differently so exactly so it goes back to to the parents the like you can have your parent curriculum uh, and this is me just talking to the clinicians like you can have your your own agenda however if the parents don't understand it there's really no point like you just spent you can't be mad at them yeah. for being like oh parents aren't following through with this well why yeah it's exactly just, so it's just like one of my favorite not my favorite but he was such a great instructor um at when i was in college that he would say there's no like when um because for our class we had to have rats and we had to train them and he would tell us there's no dumb rats exactly only dumb trainers you trained rats i trained pigeons wow did you have to hold them yes wow they didn't fly away um no because they were they in cages where were they uh in the university in their lab wow yes we had rats and we had to pick up our rats too and put them in the levers and all of oh that. yeah no it was a lot I'm, but i did it i did it paprika paprika if you out there <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know i don't think we named our pigeons i Anyways. had to that was the only way otherwise i could not like ah! yeah but there was like that rat didn't know what to do if we didn't train them exactly like so- you can't blame the rat. I can't blame the rat because you don't know what to do. We have established that you don't understand. Like, we get it. So you need to go from there, not just be like, well, let me just let me just explain it again. Yeah, so this guy, because um, we did it in partners, and uh, there's a point to this. H- hang in there. We did the, we trained in, in pairs, and when we did the, when our a professor like it was like you train the the pigeon all semester and then at the end mm-hmm. the professor would go in and check right so we were teaching this practically you're teaching the pigeon to read or whatever but it's just uh, matching the sample so the guy he was like i want to do it, i want to do it so he went like okay <laughs> yeah i was like <laughs> okay go ahead do no. it <laughs> show me how it's done <laughs> <laughs> so exactly exactly oh i mean if we get out there i mean anyways anyways, so then he went and he did it and then nothing was happening nothing was happening but he was and i was observing him and he was doing the same thing over and over right so then finally the professor said because he didn't ask me to jump in or step in so the professor was like hey do you want to give it a try and i was like okay 
So, yeah. So then I went and I, you know, did the thing. And the pigeon was uh, reading and he was understanding. Well, he was uh, reading. I'm doing air quotes right here. But he was, what he was doing, he was understanding the environmental contingencies and he was behaving based on my behavior. So based on what I did, how I adjusted myself, the pigeon was successful. Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to what you said. There's no dumb rat. Like they're just pretty much acting based on the contingencies. So it goes back to the parents. Like they are acting based on the contingencies set in place. Uh, are you training? Are you are they understanding? Are you doing a role play? Are you um, doing compliance checks to make sure that they are understanding? Yeah. Or are you just like, well, they're still not doing it. Yeah. Why though? Like check in with them. It's it's just like you can't expect them. You can't expect it to be sufficient for you to be like, all right, we're gonna train one win, one month, and you're gonna be a pro, and then and then I'll have to tell you anything. It's like what I tell people in training and also what I tell my clients. Like, if you knew what to do, we wouldn't be here. Like, if you knew what to do, you wouldn't be in training. Like, just like with training, like, if you're already in RBT, you don't go through the majority of training because you know what to do. Although some parts I feel like they still need to go over, but whatevs. But you, you don't know what to do. If you did there would i would serve no purpose here so that i think that's something that people need to remember when they're working with families who have no idea about aba and take into consideration what what they what their experience is with mental health yeah exactly and that's a good point like you don't want to go in there with all your like, hey, I'm brand new BCBA. Right, I'm like, smart yeah, I'm too. hella blah, blah, smart. Blah blah. blah blah blah. Like, no, it's not about you. It's, it's a, not gonna help. Yeah, it's it's about working yourself out of that job. Like, what do I need to do so they understand? So, so they don't need here. me. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. You're just trying to. You uh, think I think about like reproduce yourself, right? Like, I think. I think it's two things. You you think about what I need to do not to be here and what are the things these, this child needs to do so he can function in his natural environment. Emphasis on the client's natural environment, not our preferences, mm-hmm. not what we or our think, agenda, mm-hmm. not what we have seen. Like if you if you present that to the parents, like, I think we should do this. Like you are violating a code of ethics because any changes that come to that program, you have to talk to that family. They need to consent and any major changes need a signature. So if before you get any type of signature or handwriting, you better make sure that person understands. Not that you think they understand because that's what your job is. Like your job is to make that family member understand why. Because you're not going to be there forever. That family member is going to yeah, be there more than you. And involve them in everything. Yes. I, even if it's hard. And I think, too, sometimes people are like, oh, it's just too difficult to work with them. It's easier if I just say just this, this, and this, and that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but who is that helping? You Nobody. or the kid? Oh, well, I mean, probably yeah, helping you. It's helping you. It's mm-hmm. not benefiting others. This goes into my Code of Ethics book as well by Brady and Bullshit. <laughs> Okay. Is Dropping it benefiting, gems. right? I'm saying, is it benefiting the client or is it benefiting others? Because if it's benefiting others, that's not something you need to be working on. It's not about you. Nope. And I think Never nobody. Been. Not if you're in this field, no, it's not about you. it's not about you one bit. Like Humble yourself. Yeah. And it, it it's all about transferring that stimulus control and transferring exactly. that control from you being the one to tell the kid, you being one to tell the tech, you being the one to transferring it to the parent. Because guess what? It's the parent that that is going to be around longer. We don't want to be around longer than the parents. Nope. And then just the way, the the direction in which the field is going, um, they're looking at reducing just the time. Like, Because as of now, like AB is pretty new, right? And insurances mm-hmm. have been paying and paying. They're like, just go forever. Yeah, I've heard, I don't know how accurate this is, but I remember hearing that ABA services were rapidly um, costing them the same or almost the same as cardiovascular health. So that's a lot of money. So what yeah. the the shift you're seeing with the insurances is like reducing the time like mm-hmm. that of the ABA services. So what that tells us as clinicians is like, okay, like we have 
to really, really put your foot down. Yeah, put your foot and down. And I've make been sure. on cases where people have put their foot down, where family doesn't understand, but we all do what we got to do so that family can't understand. And guess what? Those are the quickest houses that we're out of. Exactly. Because that's what it's supposed to be. It's not about, well, we could just work on that next next treatment period. Oh, next treatment period. Oh, next. Hey, that sounds like a good goal for next treatment period. Like, no, bro. Like, that's not what it should be about. We mm-hmm. should be on a time crunch. This is the time limit. And I think because we don't have one, that's what why these programs extend longer than they should. And as well, because some of these family members don't understand what they're getting or how they can help their kid other than what these supervisors tell them that they barely understand is another reason why these programs extend longer than they could yeah so always like approach well i like to approach my programs like with a sense of urgency yeah especially like oh my god we only have two yeah especially with my little ones like right now i have like preschool age kids like in my my mindset is like okay we we gotta do what we gotta do to get these kids to kindergarten and both of my kids you know who they are they are different levels however my goal for them is the same my approach is like i need to do what i have to do to get these kids ready for kindergarten Mm -hmm. and a big part of that is involving the parents teaching them educating them so that whatever we do during session time generalizes outside obsession so what do i need to do to get these parents involved how do i need to and what are these parents missing okay yep Oh, they're missing that. Oh, they don't understand. Well, let me figure out a way for them too, because that's what people. I I feel like I don't. That's what people don't get either. It's it's that control as well. Like, you know what? It's just easier for me to do it. And then you make these parents feel like okay, it's just easier for you to do it. I mm-hmm. guess without like taking the time to to think like, if I could just figure out a way for this parent to understand, then they could do it. Like yeah. literally, and. So some things that I hear when that's happening, it's like, um, well, when you're not here, he he does something else. Or when you guys aren't here, he does this. So yeah. that is a sign right there as a clinician, you know, that mm-hmm. you need to change things. You need to approach it in a different way. Yeah. And it's like, OK, so tell me what you do after that. Mm-hmm. And then I could, we could work through there. But instead of just being like, oh, well, I guess we're just I guess we're just going to have to make this a goal, too. Like, yeah. no, dude, you don't. That's not why parents say things. And I feel like, too, sometimes that's why parents don't want to say things. Yeah, so two things happen. Well, I mean, not two, but this is two things that came to my head right now. A, they either, like, feel intimidated or they feel like they don't feel capable of doing. Or the parents get real comfortable with these ABA services and they just mm-hmm. kind of step back. And, and then based that's what, off the what the supervisors mm-hmm, deem, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we could do that. Yep, we could do that. And, yeah, definitely. The, the exact way that these techs work with these kids and whatever environment you set up as a tech for your kid, it's the same with the parents. Except now the supervisor is the tech and the parents are the clients. Yeah. And and you have to create that boundary and, and that accountability. Like, hey, Ooh, accountability this is what is I'm doing on my part, but this is what I need you to do so that we can be successful for who? For, for the him, kid. For yeah, yes. exactly. It's not about what's convenient for you. And just approaching everything that you do, like when you're naturally like for real legit about the kid, things just flow. Like you have no idea when you genuinely have the kid's best interest, you know, at heart or in your mind, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Things just flow. Because the parents, caregivers, they see that. Yes, they see they that see you're that. all about the kid mm-hmm. and that you you put that effort in and that you're communicating with them about it, that they feel like, oh, let me let me step in too. Let me see what I can do. That literally happened to me with one of my kiddos. Um, he's I should not say kiddo because he's not a kiddo. He's a teenager. And he has, you know, goals and lessons and that involve cooking and like using utensils. And my supervisor was like observing us and then um, he had one, he was using a utensil that he wasn't able to fully use and she was like, oh, it would be a good, a good goal to have that. Right. And I was like, honestly, this isn't something he uses in his normal life. Like this is, I was like, this is the first time we've ever used 
a can a can opener because that's what it was and she was like well what about for like soups and stuff and and in my mind i'm like mm. no dude like this kid in particular he's very health conscious soups the majority of soups and cans they have preservatives they have you know Geos. Wait, he cares about his yes. health? Oh, yeah. that's so cute. And he, so he doesn't eat those. And He's I like, was uh, like, no, sodium level in this, right? not for me, not and in I'm this temple. Like, <laughs> we need to take those things into consideration. So that was that's an example of like someone that just wants to like, you know, like and not, not Get someone, a- but like it's just like, oh, there's a goal idea. And it's like you need to think more about the client. And yeah. if, you know, like if she knew, because what do you open with can openers nowadays? First of all, most of them are like the yeah and anything the majority of the things in can openers are not healthy you know they're not things that this kiddo is is purchasing so instead i took the initiative because first of all the mother on this case is an angel she is literally the most amazing parent ever to work like she's one of them like oh yes (laughs) (laughs) but i talked to her and i was like okay so he want he has to cook and he has to like you know do these things but I I want to I want him to do things that he's going to do when we're not around like things that he's really into. Okay. So I was like what about some salads and some soup? Ooh. I mean salads and some sandwiches cuz he loves salads. Mm-hmm. And there's so many Chopping, different utensils yeah. that you can or- use. And then she was like, "Well, I'm a little concerned because um, of the knife and I was like oh mm. I was like you know they sell like they yeah. sell gloves I gloves like, I use them or those I'm just I don't know like I never I never seen them I never actually used them but you know those those knives that only cut food they're supposed to not cut oh, wow, people yeah. yeah but think about it like he's more than likely not going to see those it's mm-hmm. easier for him to just have gloves yes. and so I was like telling her that and I was like we could do that and I was like he needs to he needs to use measuring cups and spoons so oh, oh you know what we can make our own dressings because he loves dressings like Mm -hmm. salad dressings and she was like oh my god that's so smart i'm gonna start looking up things that we he could probably do so that we can figure out how many utensils like he can actually be using and you know what since you brought it up i also want him to learn how to use the microwave and the um oven i mean not the oven but the toaster because you know like he's also a teen gotta pop some things in the toaster every once in a while and i'm like yes but you know, she didn't feel comfortable to say that before somebody approached her with it. Like, yes, hey, these are my ideas. That. I wanna I wanna know if you come up with anything because again, who's it all about? The, the kid. kid. Okay, so that's a good a good place to go where we wanted to go. So we wanna give the parents mm-hmm. tips on um what to ask, how to approach these clinicians that are coming at you with all like this link like crazy language um mm-hmm. give you the tools to uh make sure you're directing them to make to come up with these goals that will benefit your kid that will transition to their natural environment because there's no point on them working on a goal yeah. or following this curriculum if it's not gonna translate to the yeah kids translate to life. the kids exactly yeah so First things first, parents, don't be scared of nope. any of the terms that are used. Like, something that I have always told all of my trainees every time I run a training is I say this. Don't focus on the term because the term itself is intimidating. It's confusing if it's not something you have experience with. Instead, focus on a real life example that you can relate to and you can always go to. My favorite one in life that I use is remembering what negative reinforcement means. Because I didn't know what that meant. I was I don't like, think anybody knows. How can something be negative but be good? I don't like, ah, is what I felt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let's put this in real terms. And this is once I started to get serious, like about wanting to be in the field. But I was like, okay, let's put this in terms that I know. What? Okay, so negative removing removing Mm -hmm. something so something can happen again in the future when does that happen i never oh you know what when you think about it you're like yes it does if i'm wearing some uncomfortable shoes uncomfortable heels and i want that relief i take off the shoes and i feel relief and it increases the likelihood that in the future i'm gonna take those shoes off to feel that same relief beautiful so putting those 
terms to real life. And that's something that hold the supervisors accountable for. They, first of all, it's also in the code of ethics that they should not be using behavioral terminology when speaking to you. They should be using non-behavioral terms that are easily understood by anybody. So if you hear them using terms, ask them about it. What does that mean? Yes. What does that mean? What does that mean? Give me an example I can relate to. Put them on the spot. Exactly. I love when you put put them on the spot. Especially those supervisors that talk in a big game. Blah, 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 blah. I'm good on this. I'm here on that. Okay. Okay, Show me. Put it to... Let me see. Right? Exactly. Show Show me what you're talking about. Because otherwise... And this is another thing I tell my text. The moment you say, okay, yes, I understand. That's the moment you're held accountable. Exactly. And and and, and that does gonna give come back. them a little bit of like rope to hang on. Like, well, she said she understood. She said she was fine. However, if you're approaching it like, all right, give me examples. All right, I still don't understand. All right, I still don't know. And give you give them examples. So mm-hmm. do you mean this? Yes. So do you mean if I yes. do this and this and this? Is that what you mean? Because that's important too. Yeah. I don't think I I I feel like sometimes they make it seem like oh she knew what I meant, and then it's those same stories that that turn around and end up being like well when you're not here he does this. Mm-hmm. Well, if you would have as a supervisor taking the time to like really gotten that clarification like do you get it? let a parent give you an example like that, that would really cut some time too. That would help everybody understand better. Maybe not understand fully, but better. And it's, I think another thing, it's okay if you don't get it the first, second, third, or fourth time. Yeah, I know. It's okay. The trainees, they have two weeks of training. They have to, they have to take three to four to five to six to maybe even a week to build rapport with the kiddos. You know, it's the same thing you as a parent, you enter this world, it's brand new. You're not a pro at it because if you were a pro, you would have developed your own program for your kid. Exactly. You would have developed some strategies, you would know what to do, and you really wouldn't need ABA. So you're not a pro and that's okay. No, you're learning. You're learning. Yes. And part of learning is asking those questions and holding those people that are supposed to teach you accountable. Yeah. For the things that you're doing. Yeah, the main thing here is... Do not, and let me say that again, do not get intimidated Mm -hmm. by these professionals coming into your house, your home, you know. Um, They are there. Their purpose is to teach you and um, to be a resource for you. And their purpose is to mold and shape your client, I mean your client, your, your child to live in the world that you live in. Yeah. Not in the world that they live in. Not in the ABA world. No. What do you do? What's normal for you? On the day-to-day, if we weren't here, what would you be doing? That's what we want to, like, shape it to. Yeah. And we're not saying just to, you know, disregard them and blah, 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 blah. No. I mean, at the end of the day, these people are professionals. And they, you know, went mm-hmm. to school, did all their thing. But remember who you are. You're the freaking uh, como se dice? You're the expert on your kid. Yes. So they bring something like to you. the table, but you're bringing this to the table mm-hmm. also. So it's your responsibility to advocate for your kid, and it's also your responsibility to get what you can, like get the mm-hmm. most you can out of these clinicians. And don't sugarcoat things either. Like, well, I guess that's okay if he can only. That's okay if you guys don't work on it on the way. No. If that's something you want to work on, that's something we're going to work on. Of course, be realistic. And again, we keep mm-hmm. emphasizing, make sure it benefits the kid. It, it's not, we're, we're also not saying that you go up to the clinician and say, well, he annoys me between the hours <laughs> of three and four. So if we could teach him to do something during that time, that'd be cool. That's not what we're saying. No, First no, of all, that's no, no, not no. what we're about. No, either. it's a, yeah, exactly. Let's um, point that out. It's not about you're making convenient. your life easier either mm-hmm. as a parent. It's about the kid and giving the kid the tools they need for them to succeed. In yeah, their for them to function in this so, world, for them to have those same like rights, essentially that you, you get to make your own decisions. Like eventually we want these kiddos to do that same thing. We want them to have that capability. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy for you as a parent. No. Nope. You're going to have to put in the work. And it's going to be harder because 
and it will be harder for you. I want to emphasize that point as well, because there's a lot of times when as a tech you come in and parents are always like, he doesn't do that for me. He does that for you. He never does that for me. A big reason why is because we came in with more knowledge about the kid. Yeah. We haven't been reinforcing those things, right? Not, we don't give him what he wants. Yeah, not knowledge about the kid in particular, knowledge about the science and how to incorporate that in the kid's environment. Yeah, so, and but you as a parent, you know, you have been reinforcing it because that's all you know. Yeah. Like, yes, every single time the kid cries, you hand him, what he, him wants, what he wants. But that's because you don't know another way. Right. So you need to be aware of that and also be aware that that when you do have like a good supervisor and that good communication and stuff like that, it's going to be harder for you at first because your kid is going to test you the most. Yeah. What we call oh, an extinction yeah. burst. Yeah. Your kid and, is and you as a parent, you like left and they're going right. to throw every every word out there. You know, they're going to sound as terrible as they can sound. They're going <laughs> to tell you you're the worst in the world. Um, but don't like don't feel like that means you're not doing as good. Your kid isn't working with you like they're working with the text. They're both different experiences. But what you should do is you bring that to the supervisor. Hey, he did this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I ignored it, but I need, but I need, I need more support on what to do next. I need more support on how to prevent this whole thing from happening. Or I just need some resources. Like, yep. tell me, because I, it's hard. And I can only imagine, I don't have any kids, but I can only imagine how hard it is to have your child screaming at you, right? If the text not there, of like how terrible you are and how much you don't love them, because they're not gonna, you're not gonna give them that Snickers. Yeah, and you know, as a, as a person who does a lot of parent trainings, I will tell you that you you gravitate more. I mean, and not like intentionally. It's just something like an observation that I've had on based on my experience is like the parents that ask more questions. I mean, obviously, you spend more time with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, that translates into, like, you give them more resources and you kind of, as a clinician, pay more attention to yeah. them because you're like, oh, sh- oh shit, they're going to, like, ask more questions or they're going to do this. I got to be ready. So I need to be ready. I got to be exactly. ready for this. So, for example, um, like, one of my families, I have a meeting, a scheduled meeting for next week. I'm going to, I already scheduled myself uh, this weekend to prepare myself for that meeting because, in, in particular, there's going to be some some hard topics. But I always prepare myself and mm-hmm. I make sure that I am ready to answer their questions, right? So I can be the best resource for them. Mm-hmm. At least that, an outlet, like a yeah. start. And that's because they've held you accountable too. Like, hey, look, I need to know this, this, and this. So, and and that's what we mean too. Like, your supervisors, you don't you don't work for them. In, the, I mean, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that anybody. If if you're in this ABA field, you don't work for anyone. You work with everyone. You yes. work with the people on your Beautiful. team. I'll write that down. Right. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work without mom or dad or whoever the caregiver is. It doesn't work without the BTs. It doesn't work without the supervisor. And it doesn't work without the BCBA. If one of those pieces is missing, well, if one of those pieces is missing and your insurance covers it, <laughs> then, <laughs> then like it's not working. It's like a freaking bicycle with no chain. You don't have no motion. You're not flowing. So everybody has to work together and it doesn't matter who has the most knowledge. It's about sharing it, right? If you have that knowledge, share it with those people that don't. And as a supervisor, that's what, that's what you're supposed to do. I feel like, like if I was a supervisor and I was working with parents, I would definitely make sure because my parents are my clients at this point. Yeah, they are. Like the kiddos are the clients, but everything that's decided is coming from the parents Mm -hmm. so i want to make sure that i'm holding these parents accountable and i and and they're doing everything they have to do but it's not fair to hold them accountable if they don't understand the information i'm giving them yeah because at the end of the day they're the ones that are going to spend the most time with the kid and it doesn't matter 
And they're the ones that are going to train other Ooh, people. Yeah, how well the kid does with us, like the clinical team, Doesn't if they're matter. not doing well with All parents. we do as a clinical team is show these families that it's possible. Yeah. Look at this. Look at what your kid could do. Like, I, I'm showing you that he can do this. Now let me help you so that he could do this with you too. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not going to be easy. Nope. And, and I, I get it. It's... It's hard. It's a learning curve. It's not it's easy to, to like for some of and these things too. Yeah, you're gonna have to put in the work. That's me. So be honest parents. as well. I yes, think that's another do thing. Yourself a, a, be a favor. honest. Hey, listen. I can't take it when he cries for ten minutes. So while I understand that this is the procedure we're running, is there a way we can modify it for X, Y, and Z? Because again, it's all about you and the kid. The kid first, but you second. In a, as long as it's obviously appropriate, because you guys are the ones that are going to be living it. Eventually, we're we're going to be yeah, out. Eventually, we're gone. Eventually, and we want to be gone asap. We want to be out of there. You guys are going to be there, so you need to make sure that everything that you're learning are things that you're able to do once nobody's around, and it's realistic. We're always going to have that clinical mind of, okay, this is exactly what needs to happen so that that behavior can be fully gone. However, if there's certain things that, um, if there's certain things that you're just like, you know what? I'm okay with him doing this just there. Like, again, let me go back to my, to my amazing family. Okay. My kiddo scripts, Mm -hmm. right? The family's okay with it as long as he's not with anybody else you know what i mean uh i you see know, as long as he's by himself if we're mm-hmm. not actively doing something okay and and you know at the end of the day that's true right as you know clinically we're like oh we need to put that behavior on extinction because you know that's yeah. not appropriate but in reality it is appropriate we all talk to ourselves at appropriate times you know we may not script or, inappropriate. or we may script yeah i script I do script. Yeah, so let me share a, a similar situation. So I my one of my kids mm-hmm. scripts and the family is like, no, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Same behavior, mm-hmm. but the parents are advocating mm-hmm. for different things. Yes. And that's what we as clinicians encounter. Yes. So it's okay that you're not addressing it. Mm-hmm. And with us, okay, we're gonna do what we can and this is this is the plan and this is what we need to do to reduce that scripting. Exactly. And see, and that's a perfect example. Yes. Same behavior, but two different scenarios. But, but both with parents. Yeah, exactly. Parents the parents. It's input. not us saying, nope. oh, nope, they need to do this. No, because mm-hmm. we don't know what they need to do. I'm not your parent and I'm not in your home and I'm not in your house. I'm not going to be around when you're with your mom and dad most of the time. Yes. So, so. It, it's all about what is going to be appropriate for that kid's natural life and because you're the parent you know what that natural yeah life and there's like. no way the clinician is gonna know no. if you don't speak up and there's no way the clinician is well obviously the clinician might have some their own agenda. personal feelings yeah. about it mm-hmm. but again let's go day. let's go back to the code of ethics everything the program needs to always be benefiting the client that's what it's all about does it benefit the client that's the main, main goal. And if a kiddo wants to script every once in a blue moon and family's fine with it and we've, instead of completely, you know, put it on extinction, we just shape it mm-hmm. and they're okay with it. Okay, cool. That's okay. It's okay if you don't, if in your mind you're like, oh, we should be shaping this. All right. If you have your own kid and you have that own situation, cool. But as a clinician, we're there to support you support you and your needs yeah you know what i mean and your kids needs so don't feel like you need to follow their agenda no you know like of course we're gonna have our own agenda because that's the side that we're on but those those really good supervisors (laughs) (laughs) those really good supervisors are gonna get your input yeah and truthfully get your input not just be like well today this for this treatment period we decided that we're going to work on this 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 and this because you mentioned that last month so we're just going to work on it okay yes like no a good clinician is always going to give their recommendations you know and they're going to be like well based on what i observed or what we observed um this is what we're recommending and you could agree to that or you could you know 
counter that with something else, mm-hmm. negotiate something else. Because remember, it's all about the effort that you're willing to put in when we're not yeah. around. But at the end of the day, whatever the clinician, this is what it should be. Whatever the clinician does and whatever the parent does or, you know, put out there, they both both parties have to have the kid's best interest. Yes. So, it's all about the kid. Mm-hmm. It's literally all about the kid. And I feel like as parents, I'm not a parent, but as parents, like that's something you guys need to truly remember that it doesn't matter the language these clinicians are using, like their interest, their focus is all about the kid. And if it's not like put it back on there, redirect it back to the kid. Well, my kid and I are doing this, 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 and this, and this is working for our family so what can you help us with from there? Yeah. And again, back to what you said, be realistic. Mm-hmm. Be realistic. Um, have high expectations for sure. Mm-hmm. However, be realistic. Yes. If, if Of course, something's going to sound mm-hmm. so great. But if if you can't commit to that, be realistic. Yeah. What can you do? What can you follow through? Like if you can't, like you said, if you can't tolerate behavior for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, be honest. Mm -hmm. Because a good clinician will tell you, give in as soon as possible if you're not going to be able to follow through to the end. Yeah. Give in. Otherwise, you're over here intermittently reinforcing. Yes. It just gets worse, worse, and worse. Yeah. So what's intermittently reinforcing? (laughs) (laughs) So that's an example, right? Mm -hmm. Like a clinician might tell you, if you don't, if you do this, you're intermittently reinforcing this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, can you explain that to me? Yes. What does that mean? What 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 do, you, what do you mean? So give me an example. Things like that. Don't be intimidated. No. There's nothing intimidating about this. Like ABA is, it's things we do every, th- every day without realizing it. And I think if it were put in more terms like that, people wouldn't be so intimidated. Like you knowing that as soon as the cashier is done ringing everything up, it's time for you to pay. Like, that's an SD, you know, a discriminative stimulus. Of course, you don't say that. Oh, he's my discriminative stimulus has been presented. That means it's signaling reinforcement is available. I need to engage in these behaviors. That's not how this world works, like ever. A red, yellow, and green light. You know what all three of those is. So you're discriminating. Mm-hmm. So you know ABA. You just don't know that you know ABA. Yeah, you're doing You're doing, you're it, doing every it every day. Every day, you just didn't... For I mean, only the people that go to school for this mm-hmm. learn these. And there's a purpose for that. I mean, they learn, they label them, name them this way to be able to teach them, right, to other people. And the appropriate times to use these terms are like in a school setting when you're mm-hmm. learning, um, when you're training, engaging yeah. with other clinicians, exactly when you're training. And when you're at conferences, like talking to clinicians, if you want to go show off, do all that. Mm-hmm. Because you want to get do. Like, right to the point please with them. Please do. However, there's a time and a place. Mm-hmm. And when you get, especially the new parents, that's not the time. That's not the place. You have to break it down to English or Spanish. Whatever you need to, whatever you need to do. Yeah. You need that. You need to understand just like when everything you get you you get clarification for everything and this is no different these like your supervisors are not going to look at you any different if you don't understand something because again if you did they wouldn't be there so so take advantage like yeah it, it's part of their job like this is why they went to school so that they could be doing these kinds of things so that they can talk to you and so that you can understand what's happening with your child and why certain things are going down if if you do that you will also feel more comfortable with everything going on around you as well as when your kiddo may be engaging in not so appropriate behaviors in other public settings when you have that confidence and like, well, I already know what's going on. So you guys can just turn yep. around. Yeah. You're, you'll be able to like predict behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And handle it. And it's not going to come. It's not going to look just like the text. And I think that's another thing. Like, don't compare yourself to what your child is doing with with the text. You nope. know, with a whole don't, different yes, situation. You're completely game. 
different. I actually came across this article recently that kids behave their worst with uh, their moms. And, yes. And, um, and the best when yeah. they're away from them. Our, our homegirls um, had told us this before already, mm-hmm. but I recently the came across thing. the article, which is funny. And then I was like, well, I mean, it makes sense. But anyways. It's true. So see, like, think about that. Your kids are always going to be worse around you. So, do I think we've talked enough about it? Point of the story. Point of the story, or point of, point the, of the story. Point of the podcast. You never talk too much about it, but yes, <laughs> but I feel like we've instilled that confidence in you guys yes. to and practice. Mm-hmm. Practice. Look up role play. Words. Role play. Like practice. The biggest thing is that you know how to demonstrate things. Yes. Like, again, you as a parent. You do need to know the terms, but you don't need to know the terms. You need to know how to do things instead of being like, so when he engages in this, don't reinforce it. No, if you know that when he screams, you're not supposed to look at him. Boom, you're doing it. You're literally doing it. That's what matters. Don't feel like, oh, no, I don't know what the term is. Ah. Who cares? Do you know what to do? Yes, I do. All right, then. That's all I care about. That's all everybody cares about when you think about it. Yeah. Everything in work. Do you have any experience? Nah, but you know, I could do this. Okay, let's give it a try. And then you you give it a try and you do super good. Then they don't question you anymore. So that's what it's about. Like, it, you can always learn what it means later. But you need to learn how to do it now. And and that's what's important. Ask questions. Ask don't let questions. nobody, to the parents, ask questions. Don't let nobody intimidate you. To the clinicians. Don't be afraid make, to ask them to repeat themselves. Yeah. No matter if sure it's like 27 times. You have the kid's best interest at We heart. do represent until correct like 20 times max. So if Ooh, we really? could. That's 20 yes, times? Maximum. Represent until correct. Maximum? That's the max? That's the max. I've never reached that trials. with a kid, but. Most people don't have it up to 20. Most people have it up to like five. Oh, I don't have a max, but. You have to have a max. Oh, really? Oh, yes. snaps. <laughs> oh, you can't oh, just, just keep going over and over well, yeah, and over. Well, yeah, but we've never reached that that time. Like, the kid eventually gets it. <laughs> so you so. should do it, like, three. Three? Represent to correct three times. If he's not, if he doesn't need that many times. Okay. Or something. <laughs> and you're supposed to. You Otherwise, to- they don't know when to stop. Oh, man. Then they just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> well, I've never reached that point where it's like, oh, it's been too long. Like, we're here for <laughs> 10 minutes and we're still doing the same trial. Wait, but how many times have they I don't been- know. I haven't even seen it. That never crossed. I just thought represented until correct. So, so then they might. So then they might be doing it like 10 times. Yeah, they might. If that's what like, it takes. Ah! If that's what it takes. But ex- again, my, the kiddos eventually get it. So... <laughs> Yes. Mm. yes anyways okay you see you learn something every <laughs> yes. day see we're constantly learning you have to actively stay a learner the moment you think you know everything you're doing yourself a disservice mm. no you're a learner you're always learning that's right okay you don't so stop i want to do you want to add anything else before i sh- i want to add something i didn't i didn't talk no. about it before Go ahead. but anyways so i have my cooper my cooper heron and heward book but i have the spanish version so i've gotten this a long time ago and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna do because i had a, a spanish-speaking case aba espana but um i lost the case and well what happened why did i lose it oh yeah furlough right? oh no yeah yeah because yeah. of covid so she went on hold yes. anyways so i got my book and i uh <laughs> opening it for the first time can you guys hear it can you guys hear the book cracking i don't know i know right do, do, do you hear the plastic coming off of the book um so the way you say aba in spanish is analysis aplicado de conducta and you know what really quick if you ever if your supervisor ever makes you feel some type of way be like oh you're talking about the analysis aplicado de conducta and see how they look at you <laughs> yes. and then be like yes that's how I feel about what you just said to me. Because <laughs> what I thought it was called analysis de comportamiento. And I don't... I don't know what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, analysis de, analysis de comportamiento. That's what I thought. And I think Google told me that. But anyways, according to this ABA España, analysis aplicado de conducta. Oh, my 
you're gonna hear my messages because my laptop so we're using my laptop if you hear my messages just ignore them turn it off i don't even know do you know how to turn i don't know how to turn my messages off my laptop because then sometimes i'd be giving my laptop to julie and she'll be seeing oh, anyways that's yes. a whole other story we're not no, gonna go there you can i anyways, feel like we'll, oh we'll it's on your on your phone yes, okay we'll talk about it later talk about it later okay so we talked about negative reinforcement do you know how you say it in spanish negativo reinforcimiento <laughs> <laughs> so yes but it's oh, wait, really? wait it's the other way around reforzamiento That's negativo how you say reinforcement in spanish reforzamiento oh, negativo. Call my grandma she thinks i don't know spanish reforzamiento. <laughs> well according to spain aba i mean spain spanish <laughs> is uh reforzamiento negativo reforzamiento positivo positive reinforcement Okay, there was another one that I wanted to share with you. Oh, operating. Um, m- wait, sorry. <laughs> so now I said it's just messing me up. Motivating operators. Are, yeah, what do they? Do you know how to say it in Spanish? Um, I'm gonna if it's if it's let me see backwards. Operaciones motiv 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 however you motiv 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 yes well operaciones motivadoras okay okay one more one more okay and then do you want to do one one for me but i think i looked at this okay okay yeah because you were better than more i know that was cheating that's why you don't be like okay bam 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 okay 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 uh stimulus control control stimular Stimulate. Close. Control de estimulo. Ah, that sounds better. Hey, look at us. Right? But if I'm ever talking to somebody in Spanish, I'm like, yeah. Mm. Oh, Hola. yeah. <laughs> Hola. Yeah. So when I talk to that family, because the mom always spoke Spanish, um, I would just talk to her how we talk to Spanish. And I would just that's use how my I need to be ghetto as rancho spanish and, and talk to her and, and she was like receptive yeah like if you're speaking spanish it's appropriate if you are speaking that slang yeah and because even if you're like oh como se dice es que no 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 sé como uh-huh. uh si si me entiende yes they'll fill you in they'll that's fill why i talk with sound gaps. effects yes because and sound effects movements. you always get it i know you have your hand movements and i have my like well you can't see but it's like my hands like your hand movements i know bam i agree okay do you want to do you have anything else <laughs> i don't i feel okay. like that was very amazing and all right good. and that makes i think this whole having the both mics Bo- work right? it like, like a new vibe change our vibe I'm like, like yeah. hey We're official and reveal. you can hear us i don't sound like background noise <laughs> i don't sound like a background singer <laughs> like i'm at the bottom of the bottle <laughs> all right thank you guys yes. for listening to us for tuning in thank you for your patience if you've made it this far to listen to us Thank you. Hopefully we have more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We will catch you guys next time on Behavior Con Ganas. TTYL. Hey.